Good morning, Go Church. I am beyond excited for you to hear one of our very gifted pastors bring the word today. As a matter of fact, you're about to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, my father-in-law, Pastor Alan Matura. He's going to be kicking off our Summer in the Psalm series. And I know I don't have to tell you this, but what a man of God Pastor Allen is. I mean, come on, his powerful preaching, his legacy, his pastor's heart speaks louder than just words. And, and you know, he's a true living legend. It's going to be an awesome day, and he's going to bring an awesome message. So Go Church family, let's give honor where it is absolutely deserved. Can you stand to your feet and help me welcome my pastor, Pastor Allen Matura. Standing just a moment. Tell your neighbor he really liked that. Can y'all do that? I really liked it. Maybe seated. I, I like it so well, I'd like for you to replay it and I'll come back out again. You may be seated. Because that's our lead pastor. Also, our son in law, Pastor JC and Kimberly. And uh, we enjoy great fellowship as servants of the Lord and also great fellowship as family. Everybody okay today? Would you say amen? amen? We're better than okay. We're blessed and, and God has given us so much favor. I want to do what Pastor JC does so well every Sunday. It's become a marvelous practice for this particular house because we are part of a larger picture. Another campus in Germantown, Maryland and now another campus in Noonan called a Pop-Up campus. And so, I want you to take a moment with me and in just a moment welcome all of our Germantown friends and family and worshipers. Take another moment together and we'll do that same thing for those who are meeting in Noonan. And actually I'd like you to do that for all those who are worshiping online with us today in different states, perhaps in different countries where there's a need for interpreting the language, perhaps that's being done. But we are a part of a larger family. That's the kingdom of God. Would you help me thank God for them and for each other? Would you just, come on, do that for me. Amen. 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 And then, of course, I want to praise God with you in just a moment for those who are our military personnel those who are around the world, those who are in the five different branches of our military, and also those who are first responders. We are as free as we are today because somebody before us and somebody right now have been willing to pay the price. Can we ex express our thanks? Amen. Amen and amen. That is marvelous. And they are worthy of our thanks. Praise the Lord. In all this time and age of de-emphasizing our blessing, let's not forget it. Amen? I want to do something uh, personal here. It's about me, and it may not be about you, or it may flood over into you. I hope it does. In 1968, I was 11 years old. My mother and father and my three sisters, God spoke to my father's heart as a pastor in the island of Trinidad. And led us to come to serve in ministry, he of course, and eventually our family, here in the United States. We flew into New York City at JFK 
airport on November 12th. We had never seen snow. We never got colder than 75 degrees. We didn't even own a sweater, so we didn't bring any. Matter of fact, the day before, there was a blizzard in, in New York City. The snow plows had piled it up maybe six feet. And we came and we traveled to North Carolina. We lived there for a while. We settled in South Carolina and lived there for a while. And as years unfold, God allowed us to become Americans. So I have been an American for many, many years. We've been as a family here for 51 years, an American by choice. And I'm not going to change my mind. I feel really good about it. If you do, amen. Amen. I don't condone you condoning what's being done to our flags and our songs, but I'm just as much an appreciative American. In America, I have been blessed. I have been blessed with friends who took us in, folks who prayed with us, folks who fed us, folks who loved on us, folks who allowed us to live in their homes for a little while. I have been blessed in America because I've met the most beautiful woman and wife and mother in the world right here in America. And she's sitting over here to my left. We've been married 41 years, and I can tell you, America has been real good to me. You go, you go help me pray. I've been called to the ministry here in America. I've been pastor this church for 33 years uh, and, and transitioned two years ago. So, I have been blessed. I don't even know who's mean to me or who's bad to me. I just thank God for His blessings. So, I say with everybody else that will agree. I say it with, I love a national anthem. I love our flag. And, amen. And if you don't, you're missing out. You're missing out. So, having said that, I want to move us to the lesson assignment that I have for today. And my assignment as this series begins in the book of Psalm is Psalm 23. And I would ask that you would rise to your feet with me once more. And this time it's an honor of reading the word out loud together. You can, uh, whatever device you have that you may have scriptures in, you may use that. Maybe you brought your own text. But there is just something about this psalm in the King James Version that I want on the count of three for all of you, because we're family in faith, to read out loud with me. Are you ready? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen to His Word. Point your hands in my direction. 
I'm going to point my hands on yours. Let's pray one for another here at the Word. Father, I know these people could have been someplace else, doing something else, but they're here because I believe you ordered this day and time for us. And Lord, uh, I just pray today that you would anoint the hearing, anoint the receiving. Lord, let the, uh, let the oil of the Holy Spirit be poured on us. And Lord, I pray that the, the unction of your word would rise up. I pray that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit says. I pray that we'll not easily be distracted or sidetracked. Or sidetracked. I pray that you would uh, cause us to focus because your table is spread. And we come now to sit at that table and receive what you prepared. And let the church say amen. 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 And, and you may be seated. Thank you. What I, what I would like to have done was to take two or three verses from this text and just focus on it and let's just digest those two. But as I was asked to share in this passage opening this series, I, I wanted to sort of give you an outline presentation of what it consists of and maybe you could fill that outline out as it relates to your life. So I'll take a verse by verse, and we'll begin with verse 1. It says in verse 1 that the Lord is my shepherd. And I want to put the emphasis on where it belongs in that verse because he is my shepherd. And that would say to us that the Lord knows me. This psalm, brothers and sisters, have been preached and taught and quoted and shared more than any other of the 150 psalms in this book. I have used this psalm at weddings. I have used this psalm at baby dedication memorial services. I have used this psalm beside the bed of a dying loved one's. There's no other psalm that I have used more than this psalm because in the estimation of myself and other pastors and maybe you, while there's so much comfort in Scripture, it seems like when you read Psalm 23, it has an instantaneous resurrection of hope. The Lord is my shepherd. In the business world, in the advertising world, in the secular world, there are organizations or individuals that want you to come and do business with them. And therefore they use such kind of a appeal or appealing words. A, a bank will say, we want to be your personal banker. A, a coach or trainer in order to uh, invite potential trainees would say, I want to be your personal coach or your personal trainer. There are those in the travel business and in order to solicit travel people, they, they will say that not only do we want to be a travel agent, we want to be your personal travel agent. A therapist would make the same comparison, personal therapist, and on it goes. And there's nothing wrong with seeking after these personal people. But these personal people can only handle so many people personally, and then it becomes impersonal. 
These personal people can only send you so many emails a week or texts or make a phone call, and because they're human, they got to move on to being personal to somebody else. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, personal. What he's saying is he can be Pastor Allen's personal shepherd, and he can be your personal shepherd. And what David is saying is there could be 7 billion people in the world, and yet the Lord knows each of us. The Bible says he knows us, even the number of hair on our head. He doesn't have to count much on my head and still knows me. <laughs> Look at this, how well God knows us. He knows us enough to be our Savior, yes. our healer. You ever needed a healer? He knows you. He knows you enough to be your deliverer, your counselor, your forgiver. In Luke chapter 15, uh, verses 3 through 7, there's a parable there that's called the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus teaches this parable, and he says, there is a certain shepherd who has a hundred sheep in his fold, his flock. At the end of the day, as they head back to the ranch, the shepherd and his sheep, as the shepherd causes them to walk through the gate into the corral, he counts every one of them. And he realizes that there's 99 sheep here and we have 100. And, and what, hap what happened to the 100th? Jesus said the good shepherd will leave the 99 sheep in the corral with another shepherd. And though the evening is getting late, he will go and search for this sheep. He will listen for the sheep that's crying out. And this cry is different than one of comfort. And Jesus says, when the shepherd finds the sheep, he will put the sheep on his shoulder and travel back to the ranch. And as the shepherd approaches the ranch, he will announce to the ranch hands, come and celebrate with me. I found the sheep that could have been dead. I found the sheep that could have been eaten by a wolf or gone over a cliff. I found the sheep that lost its way because it did not know where the rest of the foe was. But come and rejoice with me because we found the hundredth. And I'll tell you something. Jesus loves you enough that when you go astray mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and I said moments ago, though there are 7 billion people in this world, Jesus loves us enough until he will leave the 90 and 9 and go after us because he is my shepherd. Yes. Let, me, let me show you something else. Uh, uh, the scripture says, that a flock can be, a, be small or large. A, a, a flock can consist of 10 sheep or 1,000 sheep. And, and so the Word of God says that the sheep will follow the voice of the shepherd. The sheep is a soul uh, limited, so one-sided if I can, so uh, closed it into a, a very small circle of his world. And there are occasions 
in the time of Christ, and it is now in the Middle East for shepherds, to meet together maybe at midday, maybe to sit under a shade tree, or however they would be, and allow their sheep to, to sit down. And as the shepherds uh, have a lunch together and they maybe uh, exchange some times of one another and what they do, then after doing that, maybe for a couple hours, the shepherds have to go their respective directions. But their, their sheep have intermingled with one another in the last two hours. And so what happens is this shepherd going this way picks up his staff and calls out to his sheep and immediately and mysteriously the sheep moves out from here the foal and heads after their shepherd. The other shepherd heading this other way picks up his staff, makes his call to the sheep and they separate and go this way and what is so uh, magical, uh, lack of a better word about it is nobody told them there goes your shepherd. Nobody says there goes yours. They heard the voice of the shepherd. Let me tell you something. God knows where you are. He knows your voice. And you don't have to pray a long prayer and you don't have to pray a loud prayer and you don't have to pray till the sun rises and sets. God, Jesus knows your voice. Say amen. amen. And as the scripture says that the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. That means I shall not lack. I shall not want for anything because God knows what my want is or are. And God knows so much about us that he cares for us. You know, it's one thing if somebody knows your address or have your cell number or know your email and you have a need and they know it and they don't do a thing. But it's something else. If somebody knows who you are, what you're in need of, care about you, and express it in the way you need it most. That's, that's what God does. God doesn't just look upon us in our suffering, in our sickness, in our pain, in our loneliness, in our hurts, and just say, get along the best you can. Let me show you something else. Here, not only does God know us, the Lord provides for us. Can you say Amen. So the Word of God tells us that in God providing for us that he understands that sheep cannot voice their need. Meaning the sheep are of the makeup that they don't talk, obviously. They don't give eye signal, obviously. They don't do body motions, obviously, to indicate that they have a need. And there are times in our lives when we cannot communicate with God like we want. Amen? There are times in our lives when we cannot relate to God like we want to. Or there are times in our lives where we don't even know where God is. We prayed, we repeated our prayers, we read the Bible, we asked other people to pray, and we don't even know where God is. Have you forgotten me, God? But the Scripture says that just like the shepherd knows the need of the sheep because he's been around them a long time, the Bible says that God knows our need before we ask it. Can I get an amen? 
before we, have you, you know, if you've been married for a while, then you got this thing going on in your marriage that you can't get away with a thing. I mean, your wife can read your mail before you even get your mail. Have you, have you ever, you know your children though, you know your children, you know their propensities, you know what they like and don't like and what they gripe about and what they don't gripe about. And, and so you already know your kid before they start coming to you to ask you what they want. You just say, shh, shh. Well, here's, here's a good shepherd, here's God. Pastor Allen, you don't even have to ask me. I know you think I moved someplace else. I know you think I'm in outer space, but I've been there every time you've needed me, and I've released my power to do what you need. Some pastor wrote this book. It says, God has not always come on my time, but he scared me to death a few times. <laughs> Here, here's the thought, please. This, this is something else about sheep. The Bible says that, that the Lord, the shepherd, would lead the sheep in green pastures. And the Lord would lead the, 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 the sheep in still waters, or to still waters. Look at green pastures. There are, there are occasions when the sheep will not lay down in green pastures. It's lush, it's green, it's fertile, it's comfortable. And you think that when the shepherd leads the sheep into green pastures, they'd be okay. But a sheep will not lay down in green pastures if it is hungry. And a sheep will not lay down in green pastures if he feels afraid, hunger and fear. And, and I, I say that to tell you that green pastures is a place of satisfaction. But the devil wants to keep you from enjoying the table of God in green pastures. So he will instill fear where there should be faith. Say amen. amen. He, he will instill hunger where there should be the joy of the Lord. Yes. And the psalmist said, look, you can get to green pastures. You can get to still waters. Still waters are waters that are safe, calm, and refreshing. Still waters is a, a place that the sheep yearns to be because there's such security there. Shepherds don't normally allow sheep to drink from a river or stream because the, the sheep's capacity to know it is in danger is limited. So, the shepherd realizes that if the sheep were to drink from the river or the stream, it's likely that they would get confused. They'd fall into the river and they would turn over and their wool would come, become saturated and they would eventually drown. 
So what shepherds do to, to give sheep the water they need and the life that they need is to uh, go to the well. And in the Middle East, you know, of course, a well is a common source of water. You know that they have a rope on the end of a bucket or tied together, and they release the bucket down deep in the well. They bring out cool, still, satisfying water. They put it in the trough, and, throw, and there the sheep can drink safely. I say that to tell you that that's how God feels about you. You may be drinking out of the wrong pond. You may be hanging with the wrong crowd. You may be thinking this one's going to fix me or this one's going to treat me good and I'll be okay because I'm an exception to the rule. <laughs> you know, sheep follow sheep and, and uh, if a sheep is doing something dumb, the one behind him will. Y'all say amen, folks. I mean, you're not dead, are you? I mean, I've been preaching for 30-something years here in this church, and some of you have been with me. I mean, what, what are you doing, sleeping? I preach a lot better if folks will get with me and say amen. If they don't, I'll preach till Jesus comes. Sorry, right, just a little fun I'm having with you, though. But, I mean, I'm serious. If some of you had to stand up here and look at what I'm looking at, you'd go home right now, and I'm fixing to. I'm just, I'm just having a little fun with you. Somewhere i got to get a response from you. And I love you, and I believe you're listening. If you're listening to me, just say amen. amen. And you are. And I'm just having a little, you know, bye moment there. Hey, hey let, me, let me say this to you. Jesus will draw from you water that you cannot draw. He'll let you drink from wells you never dug. Jesus is for you and not against you. Hallelujah. Uh, here we go. L let me show you this. Uh, number, number three says, He restores my soul. That'd be Psalm 23 and 3. He restores my soul. Yes. And, and, and the meaning of that is that sheep are, are, are different from, from other animals in several ways. Uh, the Bible says sheep are, and shepherds will tell you, sheep are basically dumb animals. And you have to wonder why Jesus compares Christians to sheep. You don't have to wander long, do you? That's me and you. Uh, 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 sheep are incapable of defending themselves. Uh, sheep can become cast. And I know some of this you already know, but allow me to just rehearse it. When a sheep becomes cast, it means that they have fallen over on their back and they cannot bring themselves erect again on their legs. They turn that way, it gets worse. They turn that way, it gets worse. If they're in an area that's soft, they turn it, it comes in their wool, they, they go deeper, and then they, their, their stomach uh, uh, contents and whatever chemical what begins to poison them. And if the shepherd don't come soon to their rescue, they're going to die. And, and I said that to tell you that sheep become cast Sometimes voluntarily because they don't realize what they're doing. An animal, a predator, or something of that nature will cause a sheep to become cast. And when it does, it needs to be restored. All that. I don't know about you. I got a few things in my thoughts. Have you ever been cast in your life? Have you ever been turned over on your back and you couldn't get back up? Have you ever been cast in your life? Where your job, 
your family, your marriage, your health, your money, your children, somebody's addiction have caused you to become cast. And I, I tell you that because the Word of God reminds us that He, the Good Shepherd, will restore us on our feet again. As you pray, as you read the Word of God, as you get good church fellowship and community and small group, as you associate yourself with those who were cast and now on their feet, then you are on your way to recovery. Please, please, please. Don't hang around losers. You're quiet. Are you sitting beside one? Just kidding. Get this, if you will. He guides us. The Bible says that the good shepherd guides us. He guides us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And I say that to tell you that there are ways in our culture and our society that seems right, the Bible says, but the ways of that choosing leads to death. Not everybody, everything that sounds good is good. Say amen. Not everybody going this way it's necessarily the right way. Say amen. Not, not everybody that, uh, that, that everything that is glitter and has a lot of appeal to it is necessarily the best way to go. The Bible says that the shepherd leads us in the path of righteousness. I want to admonish you as this generation has less and less appreciation for God, as this generation has less and less appreciation for the Bible, as this generation has less and less appreciation for prayer and for righteousness, you and I should find the path of righteousness righteousness and walk in it. If nobody else goes with us, we should go the way of God. Go ahead. Help me praise the Lord. Don't march to just any drumbeat. Let the Holy Ghost lead us. Let me move you to the next main thought. He protects me. Psalm 23 and 4, he protects me. He says, Yet do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are my rod and staff. They comfort me. He protects me. Every day of your life, Jesus the Good Shepherd has you covered. Amen, amen. When Jesus rolls back the video and it's time to do so, he'll show you how he protected you on Highway 285, Metro Atlanta. Boy, you better not get on 285 unless you got Jesus to protect you. He'll show you when somebody meant evil against you, how he turned it around, made it for good. He protects us. The Bible says that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil. The sheep face death from deep ravines, from predators. The sheep face death from a slippery mountain slope, sharp cliff. But the job of the shepherd was to walk ahead and protect them. When you can't walk on your own, when you've lost your GPS, when you've got nobody else to walk with you, the good shepherd, yay, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anybody ever been in the valley of shadow of death? Say amen if that's you. You're sitting here today because of the good shepherd. Yes. Amen. You know some people say, well, I've been to the valley of the shadow of death. No, you ain't. Right. You just had a bad night right before you went to bed. You ate garlic. <laughs> You're not in the valley of the shadow of death. The people are telling you, and I, I don't mean this bad, but 
But I mean it. You know, I, I've been, I've suffered depression. You've got bad days. But some folks, they, they don't know what the kind of words mean. But I'm telling you, God does. And it may be for you the valley of the shadow of death, but he's there. Somewhere in our life before we die, it's quite likely that you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And if you got the shepherd with you, you're okay. Here's another thing. David, different seasons of his life, uh, had different challenges. But it seemed like in much of David's life, death followed him everywhere. Death always on his heel. The hounds of hell always on David's heel. You know that David is a shepherd who wrote this psalm, and he wrote it before he was a shepherd. You know that always on his heel was somebody wanting to kill him. Goliath, the Philistines, Saul, and his son Absalom. I tell you that to say that for your life and mine, problem and problems are not going to be absent. Give me an amen. They're not going to be absent. Let, let me, the Lord comforts us. Let, let me hasten this. I want you to have the whole outline, and I won't try to elaborate beyond here too much. The Bible says in verse 23 and uh, the latter part of verse 4, You are my rod and staff, and you comfort me. The shepherd's rod and staff had full application to his job. There are four uh, ways that the shepherd used the rod and staff that probably ties into how we need to use our rod and staff, which is the Bible. The shepherd used the rod and staff to fight off animals. There were predators, as I noted several times, who would come after the sheep, as David said, the lion and the bear. He used it to ward off predators. There's another way that the shepherd used the rod and staff. He used it to pull back sheep that had the propensity to keep wandering away from the flock. Isn't it just like the devil to keep pulling us away and pushing us away? And isn't it just like Jesus to come and put uh, gently around our neck the hook of his staff and pull us back into it? No, 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 no. This is the way. Walk in it. The, the, the shepherd uses his staff to examine the sheep. As the, as the sheep passes by through the gate, he'll take a staff and kind of rub it over the wool of the sheep to make sure there are no rashes or bruises because he's the healer. Here's the fourth way that, that the shepherd would use the rod is to count the sheep. Make sure everybody is in the fold because he loves us all. And he doesn't have so many sheep that he can afford to lose one. Say amen. amen. And, and here the Bible says in, in closing that the shepherd would exalt his sheep as God seeks to bless us. The Bible says he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And if you're listed on the screen, that's fine. There are four, five thoughts. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I won't ask you to raise your hands because I already know this is true. David, the shepherd, was constantly pursued by death, especially Saul. And there in the middle of the wilderness, outside, no trees, no grass, boulders, rocks, and desert sand, there in the midst of David's near-death encounter, the Bible says God would prepare a table for him in the presence of his enemies. 
when you had communion, we just had communion a while ago. Here in this house, Jesus is with us because he prepares a table for us. Let me, let, let me say this. My cup runs over. My cup runs over. You're blessed. I'm blessed. Celebrated truly. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercies are two good friends to have when you're journeying. Amen. Goodness and mercies. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I use this passage at the graveside, looking at the casket, and I read Psalm 23, I end it just like the psalmist done. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I'm saying to that deceased person there, you already got there before I do, but we both are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please bow your heads. Please receive this prayer as we approach the close. Father, I know for me and I believe for those who have been good enough to listen this morning, be here. I, I pray that you would uh, anoint our heads with oil. Anoint our heads with oil. I pray you'd fill our cups with joy and gladness. I pray, oh God, that we would learn that we don't have to want for anything. You'll take care of our needs. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would cause us today to uh, understand that when we go through the valley of the shadow, go with us, God, everybody here, wherever that is. Let us come through because you're the good shepherd. I don't know all the needs here this morning, but I pray we will not leave here content to just be the same, but we'll take the word with us and fill us with the Holy Spirit. Renew our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.